Tweaking Geek number 20. Brought to you live from the Dilithium Crystal Mines on the moon Rarapente. Live? Brought, brought to you pre-recorded from the Dilithium Crystal Mines. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Pat. I'm your other host, Craig. And I'm your guest host, Lori, who is crashing the party again. Who invited her? Craig. Mm. Oh. Th- th- was that me? Uh, that was actually a typo. Jerk. Oopsie. <laughs> I can hang up now if you guys want me to. No, no, you might just as well stay. All right. We're happy no. to have you, Lori. All our listeners, I hope you can hear the air quotes, our listeners think you're awesome. Um, I don't know where you get your sample from. I don't know of anyone that thinks I'm pretty awesome. All right, that's enough of that. You're so awesome. We're so honored to have you. Yay, congrats. Sorry about that. I just had to mute myself because I sneezed. Oh, well, gesundheit. I'm allergic to your awesomeness, Lori. Uh... So what do we have to talk about this week? Week, time, episode, this thing. unit of time. Yes. Well, I was thinking we might explore the fabulous world of technology and the tech lifestyle. As opposed to your usual... Well, usually we talk about- we we were going to talk about bacon, baconase, woven bacon, and woven bacon with cheese. Oh, ah. That sounds more like it. You know, I heard the other day. I can't remember what it was. I think it was This American Life, where they were talking about a bacon scarf. No, no, it was uh, on This Week in Tech, where uh, the guy from the uh, I'm a PC, I'm a Mac commercial. John Hodgman, he was there, he was talking about he had a bacon scarf, which is a scarf that looks like a big slice of bacon. And on it, there's a little warning that says, made of acrylic, do not eat. Oh, well, I'm going to link for all our readers' awesomeness pleasure, uh, the bacon explosion. So this is a woven mat of bacon, seasoned and grilled, and covered with, like, cheese and, like, rolled up into a log, grilled that way. Doesn't that sound awesome? You never can really get too much bacon, as far as I'm concerned. This might be too much bacon. Well, if you don't, what if you don't eat it all at once? I think if I ate more than a percent of it, I'd die. Instant heart attack. Uh, but it would just be sweet bliss. So we've talked more about bacon than we probably ever should, and we need to be purged now. So, why speaking, did you invite her? I don't know. But speaking of, bleh, Pat, you have something interesting to tell us about today. I, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but uh, I wanted to talk about uh, PowerPoint and presentations. So, I've got a couple of articles and links. <laughs> uh, one of these is a series of slides, which is, I, I, did they mean it as a joke or were they just filling space? We'll never know. But, look. Every geek I know hates PowerPoint a lot. Um, but, you know, it's the sort of thing you've got to do in your geek life eventually. Um, someday you have a point, you have to get across to a live audience in a limited amount of time. Uh, and that, mean, that means a presentation. And these days that means PowerPoint. So that, that's good, right? We're tired of the days of overheads and markers and projectors. So have you done a lot of uh, presentations? You've done a couple, right? Who are you talking to? You. Me? Um, I, I've, done, I've done my share of presentations. First of all, I have to say, at a previous job that I had, they had this thing where instead of calling the slides, they called them foils. And I think that what? has... Yes, I know. 
<laughs> well, they'd say, could you prepare a couple of foils for this meeting? I don't know. Well, I that's thought... going back to the days of the overhead projectors, right? Because you called it, it was. Foils. But then they would call. They would like have the PowerPoint thing. They would still call them foils. I thought they called them transparencies. Well, they did that too, but um, I don't know. I, I, I never liked foils. I thought that might be like a Canadian thing. That, doesn't that just sound like sound like something they'd yeah, say? Like, yeah, like people who actually call ZZ would say foils instead of slides. I can I can write the letters A through Z on this foil, eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I say color, wow. and I say, have a U in it in my mind. <laughs> color. I'm gonna write you a chequa. <laughs> I need to check my schedule. Oh, that's actually British. Never mind. All right, so let's go, let's talk about presentations. So we've all had to give them, and we've all had to sit through them. I actually have um, given and sat through three semesters worth, so I uh, I definitely am interested in this topic as well. So um, Business Week has this slide presentation of, and they're not just slides, right? This would be, actually be a terrible presentation, but uh, they they have this series of ten bad habits that you should avoid. Most of them are pretty common sense, right? They're like don't fidget, don't dress down, make eye contact, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, on that list, I actually only want to talk like about the first point, although the, the whole list is worth a quick flip through. It'll take you all of a minute. Um, but bad habit number one, reading from notes. So have you ever had one of these uh, presentations where the, whoever's giving it is literally reading from their notes? They're not even paying attention to the audience? I have. Yeah, it's pretty painful when that happens. And uh, the only thing that's worse than reading from your notes are the people who write an entire novel on each slide and read it to you verbatim. Oh, yes. Um, so the biggest one, the biggest takeaway from the Business Week presentation that I really like is don't read from your notes. You know, they, they have a later slide that's like, don't rehearse, that's a bad habit. Um, they're, they're saying not rehearsing is a bad habit. I would agree um, with that. And this slide hits hits that too, right? They're like you should, if you're giving a presentation, you should know your material. If if you need your notes to give it, you're not prepared, and that's that that can't go well. Yeah, well, you know what I've always found with the uh, the slides, I, I always think of slides as being like, you know, kind of like basic, not basic, uh, glorified. Uh, note cards because you know how some people will give a presentation and they'll have like their little cards i'd say talk to the slide but don't as you said don't read the slide you know if, if you have th- you know three points on the slide that say you know um whatever you know soak the turkey in brine inject it with flavoring and put it on the grill you wouldn't like read that you'd say you know in this thing we're going to talk about the steps for for making a turkey you know including brining and blah 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 you know something like that where it, so you just kind of like talk around it but you don't actually talk right to it because chances are in my opinion i and i don't know about you guys but i've been to presentations where like the speaker is so horrible and just like or it has like a tone of voice you don't like or whatever you read their slides and just kind of like what they're saying just kind of comes in you know as like more of a uh augmentation of the of the slide i agree i agree for sure um you know, in my opinion, slides are more of a visual aid just to help hammer the main points home and not necessarily the focus. It's a talk. It's not, you know, an, an audiovisual experience for the ages. I mean, you're talking about a subject. You don't have to make a movie out of it. It's more about what you're saying and what your ideas are. And you just need the slides to help, you know, highlight things or explain things, illustrate different things that you might have a difficult time doing 
just by speaking. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be arrogant for a minute. So I, I actually wrote an entry about this uh, back in October I'm on my blog, worldiv.com. Yes, you did. And it was very good. It, it was so awesome. I'm going to review it with you now. I think I to be honest, Pat, before you start, and I'm not just saying this because I think that you'll pay me extra, but I actually liked your points better than their points. Awesome, your check is in the mail. My check um, <laughs> So So a lot of these points are the same as what they've already done, but uh I, I kinda tried to distill what what I've liked and hated in presentations because I've sat through I don't even know how many. Um so I'm going to just run through these real quick in order, and you can shout at me when I make a mistake. Pat! Sorry. So um, my number 10 point was don't click every single word, because some people like every single mouse click to do something animated and make text slide out and all that, and that's so annoying. I mean, it, it distracts you from the, what they're trying to say. You're like, oh, wow, look, text is flying across the screen. Woohoo! Oh Oh, yeah, well, I remember when uh, a few years ago when PowerPoint was kind of coming into itself now it's like i think people are generally getting better habits now because everybody uses it but when it was first a little bit more of a novelty you know people found these text transitions where you could like have like you know the typewriter text you know where it would just like kind of come in one letter at a time so they click and things would be flying onto the screen and that was bad enough but then if it was like a sales presentation or something where people where you'd ask for the presentation afterwards to review later, mm-hmm. then you get it and it's full of stuff and you just kind of like want to watch the the uh, the slideshow again on your computer, but you have to sit through all the kind of the the flourish and that is very annoying. I totally agree with this one. Definitely. Uh, like I mentioned before, um, I had three semesters worth of Journal Club where every week we had to watch a couple new PowerPoint presentations and make a few ourselves. And I got to see some really bad habits in action. And one was a man who, I swear, he had a half hour presentation when he opened up his PowerPoint. It said he had 300 slides <laughs> because he had wow. all these crazy like this point flies in from the left and the next one flies in from the right and star wipes and it was just it was more distracting than anything else and i mean he's definitely what i think of as many clicks and too oh, many yeah. slides all right so the the next thing i recommend is you know get some help with your layout and your colors uh just use a template don't mess with it um but use a good template right i mean it should be simple it should uh if you're Doing handouts, it needs to be dark text on a light background. If you're projecting it, it should be light text on a dark background, all that kind of stuff. You know, and just to go with someone who knows what they're doing, because most of us geeks are really bad at design. I agree. Now, I would have to say, personally, my favorite colors are, like, the simple ones. And I'm not a real big fan, or I'm not really awesome at them, but... It just makes me cringe when I see, you know, they use these templates with all like the kind of the stuff all around it, and it's just like very cluttersome. You right, what you said, like basically blue with yellow lettering, or oh no, you did not just say that. No, okay, it, it's, we're not talking about clothes here. We're talking about high typographical contrast. Exactly, and, and it, you know, because you know, seriously, blue, you, you look at blue and yellow text on blue background for an hour and a half. It really hurts your eyes. It's really not that great of a color scheme. I, I don't know. Well, it's, I've seen a lot of them like that. Or sometimes uh, when I went to TechEd, uh, they actually had templates that everybody had to use. So all the, you know, it's basically you make your own slides and you have to just kind of like make them look like the TechEd ones. And I think it was actually like 
it was like two toned, like black and gray with white lettering. So it was, but it was as Pat said, the high contrast. So, uh, and generally, if you use like if it's too high contrast, it looks weird. But the blue and yellow, I think, give a, a reasonable. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about electric blue and bright yellow. We're talking about dark blue and like a cream yellow. Kind yeah, of. exactly. And that same yellow, which is more of like a yeah, like a like Windows know. tooltip background yellow. Yes, Windows tooltip background yellow with black text is very good for uh, for handouts because and also if you're just like on an informal setting, it, it's also good for presentation too. And here's a neat tip: most of the built-in PowerPoint presentation templates will give you light text on a dark background and when you print them you'll get dark text on a light background that's a good tip all right so moving on don't fear a few relevant graphics so people like to try to say it with text i'm like but this is the worst medium for that put a picture in if you possibly can good advice Uh, my next one is your voice can i I add a caveat yes um with graphics, it's also helpful to just put like a really simple summary of what you're looking at. A lot of times I've gone through and I've seen graphics or charts and things, and I can't remember what they were talking about or I wasn't paying attention during it. So just a really brief like five-word synopsis on the slide is helpful. Yeah, and pasting we in – We call that a title? Well, yeah, but pasting in – a lot of times what people do, they'll like paste in a, a, a graph from Excel or something, and they'll think that the – uh, the title and the axis labels and that sort of thing on the Excel graph are sufficient, and they're generally not. No. Uh, you know, it, it, you need to have it big so people can read it, and it needs to, as Laurie said, you know, explain what it is. And even like one bullet underneath sometimes can do a world of good. Okay, yes. and remember this: we're going to come back to that because that's actually a good point. Okay. Um, but, uh, the next one I'd say is you know learn learn some oratorical tricks, right? There's a lot you can do, and you don't have to be a professional speaker to kind of mess with your pitch and your cadence and your volume. Uh, you know, go slow, but not the same slow all the time. Don't speak in a monotone. Change your pitch a little bit. Um, you know, be qu- be a little quieter now and then, obviously loud enough to be heard. And then, you know, get real loud for an, a key point and all that. Because um, there's nothing that puts an audience to sleep faster than a monotone delivery. As your Thank listeners you. now. <laughs> Thank hey. you for coming to the Tweaking Geek sales presentation. Your business excites us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to come in on Saturday. Um, so another thing that blows me away because I see this at professional presentations all the time, copy edit, run spell checker. Oh, print my God. Out. I know. Print it out. This is a big one. Print it and read it. Uh, get someone else to look at it. Uh, you I hate to say it, but you look like an idiot if there's a typo in your presentation. It's not even a fair thing to say, but it's true. Uh, it's totally true, and it's totally fair to say it too, because if you think about it, how many words if, – if you have a, uh, a typo in your 50-page document, you know what, and you ran spell check and it missed it or I don't know, whatever, you know what, we'll let it slide because it's like 0.01%. But when like basically 1%, 2%, 5% of the text – is misspelled, that is unacceptable. Yes. Um, my next one, and we've already said this one, slide transitions, not cool. Don't do them. And the little transitions inside, they're horrible. Yes. Uh. I mean, the, the ones inside are the worst, but the transitions between slides, really. I mean, maybe on a couple slides, like your first slide, your last slide. Um, you know, transitions inside, maybe once or twice when you've got something really cool. Yes. Um, 
I mean, sometimes it makes sense, right? You're doing two slides in a row and they're showing some, you know, a graph changing or something like that. That's fine. Um, it's, it's one of those things like if you wonder if you should be using a transition, you shouldn't. Yeah, I, I can think of something like, you know, you know, and the earnings for this quarter are and like it just kind of like comes in because it's like, you know, the earnings are really high or something like that. But when it's like, you know, then we added two grams of sulfuric acid, like, well, who cares? I mean, I guess it depends on what you're adding the sulfuric acid to, but still. That's true. I added two grams of sulfuric acid to Lori, <laughs> and that's a really exciting slide. That is. Okay. <laughs> so uh, my next point is practice. There are too many people who obviously show up thinking that because they wrote the presentation, they're ready to give it. Um, so the important things I like here, actually give it on a projector. I cannot tell you how many presentations I've seen that have some really awesome detailed chart that once you run through an LCD projector and you wash out the contrast a little, you absolutely cannot read. And this was going back to the Excel charts. Uh, those are the worst. Oh, yeah. You know, your axes come in at minus four-point font and all that. So really give the presentation. Give it three times. Give it to a small audience if you can. Give it to an empty room if you can't. Uh, it, it means a 10 times improvement in the quality. What, what do you think, Pat, about – say you don't have access to a projector beforehand. Do you think, like, say maybe standing six feet away from your screen or something like that, so, you know, w- far enough so that it's almost like you ha- if you have to squint to see it just from that far away, then it's not going to work? That and I would actually drop your screen resolution. Run it at 800 by 600. Make sure oh, you can uh. still read it. Um, Because you never know what you're going to get stuck with. You might have a two-year-old projector that just can't do a high resolution. That's good advice for students especially. Yes, it is. This, I think the worst I ever saw of this was when I was in college and we were all doing our senior project presentations. and People are putting up these detailed, intricate circuit schematics that you absolutely can't see. Uh, And it must have happened out of 20, 20 or so presentations. It probably happened five times. I mean, it was a common error. And at the same time, I mean... uh, department isn't going to loan their very expensive projector to a student to practice really easily. I mean, they're too valuable to let someone screw up. So you have to do what you can. You know what an interesting thing could be with that? And this is, you know, maybe if you really need to give it in projector wise or whatever, and you want to do it, something like that, you could always print out foils and, and all, and every department has about 5,000 overhead projectors. Like every room has one because they can't get rid of them. So that would always be, a, well, no, seriously. I mean, where it's I, true. yeah, they, they just like, cause it was like the cool thing, you know, the little cellu- celluloid, I think it's celluloid, uh, slides are pretty cheap. Just print out, print them out and give your presentation like that. I mean, it's not perfect, but it would be a way to do it. All right, so the, the next point I had was uh, remember the basics of speaking, right? So there's, you'll find a lot of sites that tell you how to give a great speech, um, and a lot of people don't even remember how to give a, an okay speech, right? So there's the simple stuff, right? Just even this, the basic format. Tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and when you're done, tell them what you told uh, it's it it sounds silly, but uh, you'll you'll never forget that stupid expression, um, and it it really works, right? Because now the whole time you're talking, your audience kind of has a yardstick for okay, I know where I am in regards to this speech. Uh, if you don't do that, you're really risking them tuning out. You know, gee, I wonder if he's ever going to be done. Yes. Oh, good, he's done. <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah. And so now I'm going to tell you. No, actually, I've got a couple. <laughs> Uh, so 
don't put too many words on the screen. Um, another list of these that I saw had the best summary of it. Uh, your slide should make a terrible blog post, but a great tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. If it makes a blog post, it's probably too long. And if it makes a tweet, it might be too long, but it's probably okay. Um, I, that's probably a little too harsh. I, I put more text than that on a slide, but the, what you really don't want is for your audience to be reading the screen because if they're reading the screen, they're not listening to you. Right. They, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. If if it's mostly visual, a, a lot of people process, uh, you know, verbal and visual things separately. So you can look at a graph or a chart or a picture or something and listen to what the person is saying in, in still kind of process them simultaneously. However, if you right, if you have a bunch of words, then you're going to be reading it or listening. But if you try to do both, you will get nothing out of either. Yeah. And so my last point, I've already said it. I'll probably say it hundreds of more times. Oh, boy. Not, not today. <laughs> oh, but good. Don't read your presentation to me. A, that means you've got too much text. And B, I can read. I shouldn't be reading your slide. The slide should be there so I have an outline of what you're going to talk about for the next 30 seconds. Uh, and if you're, if you're reading it to me, you're not helping anyone. I think if you're reading it, my opinion is, if you're reading it, you're not very well prepared because, you know, it, it's like you obviously didn't practice or whatever because, I don't know, it just seems like people who are prepared know the material well enough to talk about it rather than to read it to you. Because if that, you know, you just go in, hand people a stack of slides and sit in a chair while they read it and then ask them if there's any questions. Yep. Uh, the last presentation I gave, uh, every slide had very little text. I was going entirely on, on notes that supplemented what was there. Um, I gave the presentation once in an empty room, twice to small groups, and then um, on my fourth try, I gave it to the full group that it was intended for. And how did it go? Um, it went really well. I actually went uh, way over time because there were so many uh, questions, which means it succeeded in engaging the audience, I think. Excellent. And, you know, I found that students violate these rules and even grown-ups are supposed to know better, like vice presidents of companies um, that I've seen since leaving school and been in the working world, they still violate a lot of these rules. So I think knowing how to give a good presentation is a skill that anyone at any level could definitely learn from. Yeah. Because remember, at the, at the end of the day, you probably – you probably want your presentation to accomplish something. Most likely there's something you want that you think you're going to get by giving this presentation. So it, it, it's worth a little bit of practice even if you think giving a presentation is the most idiotic you know, business drone activity you could engage in. Uh, because if, if at the end of the day it gets you what you want, you know, whether that's a, a relaxed dress code or a computer that wasn't manufactured in 1991 or you know, whatever it is you need, you know, it, can, it can only stand to help you. Absolutely. So I have one more story about a presentation that I think kind of sums it all up. I don't really think it sums anything up, but I had went I went to a presentation about how to give presentations when I was in college, and uh, the guy was there. He's like beforehand, just he puts this, uh, you know, the overhead transparency up there because it was a long time ago when I went to college, and uh, on it, it's <clears throat> excuse me, it says you know how to give. Uh, you know, a spectacular presentation, but it was this plain, like, slide, and this was in, like, little type, it was obviously written, like, on a typewriter, if someone had, like, typed that in on a typewriter, or used that sort of font, or something like that, he's like, how's that look, can everyone read that, and we're all like, yeah, okay, 
And he's like, today I'm here to give a presentation on how to give the best presentations of your career. And we're all like, oh my god, this is going to suck. Then he's like, this is the suckiest introduction to a presentation you'll ever see, or something like that. So <laughs> it was, and we're all like, "Oh, thank God!" And it was actually awesome. And he actually pretty—I bet he pretty much gave us all this advice too, because it was, you know, this is pretty universal. But uh, it was just very a very poignant way of uh, looking at it. Yeah, um, it, there are all sorts of little tips and tricks you'll hear, and almost all of them work. Um, the, my favorite one that I still always use is open with a joke. Um, I was giving a presentation on using artificial intelligence techniques for manufacturing, and the first slide I had was a gigantic shot of a Terminator face, um, like the endoskeleton. Huh. Uh, and so the room just cracked up, and it turned out one guy was a huge Terminator fan. So that alone had them listening probably two or three times as intently as they would have before. Exactly. How about the old joke? I just flew in from Boston, and boy, are my arms tired. I served food once at a presentation. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good trick. What I'll, kind of- I'll listen to anyone who feeds me. Absolutely. Boy. All right. So good luck with your presentations, everyone. Yeah. Don't don't use blue and yellow. Do use blue and yellow. Lori's on no. crack. Crack. She has the clap, so obviously. <laughs> yeah, he gave me the clap. What does that tell you? I don't know. It drives you insane. So, <laughs> And make sure to visit our site and weigh in on the heavy debate of blue versus yellow or blue and yellow versus not. Boy, I that's... guess she wants like black on light pink. You know, just something other than dark blue and yellow text because Ooh. it hurts my eyes, I swear. That's because your eyes are delicate princesses in and of themselves. I know. I'm the princess in the pea. <laughs> wow. Thanks. All right. All right. All right, so after we're, after we're done punishing Lori, we'll go on to our next segment. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> so, our next segment's a sad one. It is sad. It, it, does it have to do with the, the uh, shortage of orphans for us to, to dispense with? I don't think there'll ever be a shortage of orphans for the two of oh. you. Okay. Awesome! No, uh, but <laughs> Stargate Atlantis is over, and that's sad. Oh. It's really over. It is. They're not lying. No. So it ended well. I was happy with the ending. All right. So the ending was kind of a a two pronged attack. The next to the last episode. Oh, incidentally, this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Because we're going to oh, talk yeah. spoilers. About everyone, run and hide if you spoiler. want to watch this and haven't. That's right. Who are we so, kidding? Nobody actually watches Atlantis, or everyone who does watch Atlantis watched it. Like they've seen it. That's right. I, Flo's watched it. Floated? Well, she's she's the other one that, like, you know, calls in about it. Oh, that's true, so I'm yes. Sure, I'm sure she watched it. Well, right, that's so true. everyone just watched it, watched it, and if not, we're spoiling it for you now. But you yeah. should watch it anyway. Right. So the episode right before the last episode was kind of, like, weird at first because... It was did, awesome. I loved it, it. It was. It was basically a CSI uh, clone or not clone? It was not really. You can't really say it was a parody, it, but it was it, just like it was like a style send up, right? They mimicked the style of CSI perfectly, down to the lighting and the little side shots where they're imagining what happened, and they zoom way in. Yeah, uh, and they set it in Las Vegas. And <laughs> the the musical montage at the end, which like kind of made me get weepy. She cried. Really? I didn't cry, but oh, she cried. No, I didn't. She, I got. She teared up. I got a little misty-eyed because 
you know, I really like Shepard. There he was dead alone in the desert in Johnny Cash. And- no, but it was redemption. He was redeemed because, you know, he was just like kind of a low life. And then he like, you know, showed Save that. He- well, yeah. He- it doesn't count for anything if you're going to be eaten alive by a tarantula. Tarantulas don't eat people. And he How was already know? dead, so he wasn't going to get eaten alive. <laughs> no, but sure. eaten alive is he's dead. The tarantulas come and eat him, and it brings him back to life. Oh, that's true. So I've been uh. eaten alive. So. <laughs> so speaking of bringing people to life, that was my one disappointment in the last episode. Oh, I know. They kill, they kill Ronan, who's this major character. Ah, but they don't leave him dead. He comes back before the end. And I'm like, no, have the guts to kill someone off if you're going to do it. Exactly. I have to disagree. I was so angry that they killed Ronan. Like, I seriously got up out of my seat and was swearing because how can you kill my favorite character? What are you doing? And I was happy that they brought him back. Well, that's good. Um, and it, I mean, it, it was good. It, you can end this series with this episode, right? It brings the story to an ending point. Like, there are no loose ends that needed to be tied up and didn't get tied up that I could remember. Were there yeah, any? not really. Uh, there, well, th- there are kind of loose ends. Well, there I are mean, loose ends, but they're okay, right? I mean, so there's like Replicator, we are floating in space somewhere. There's the Janai out there still always kind of causing problems. There are the Travelers who were added to the series for no discernible purpose whatsoever. Yeah. There's the Wraith out there that still are like kind of a swar- swarming in the Pegasus galaxy. We and, have Todd trapped on Earth. Yeah. In a dumb I, blue jumpsuit. Yes. I, I would have to say I really like the character of Todd because I think it kind of gave a more, I hesitate to say this, but a more human face to the Wraith. Not that they're humans per se, but it actually made them like sentient beings. They're, you know, they're not just like, you know, killing machines that just go kill and eat. They actually like are thinking, you know, they're still bad people, but they right. go. They're, they're not like the season one Wraith who are like, <laughs> he was funny. Todd was funny. He was. Yeah. yeah so, so uh, we'll miss the show, but I'm, I'm okay with this. And they're supposed to do a movie, right? Yeah. I think that will have something to do with getting Atlantis back to the Pegasus galaxy because really Pegasus is like kind of on their own. Now Atlantis. But was... how, how can they move it back? I mean, They'll the conveniently has- discover a bunch of ZPM. No, I don't the think they... Earth- de- no, they the didn't- Earth has no chair. They're not going to leave the Earth defenseless. There's no chair on Earth. That's true. They need to keep the ancient chair. That's true. The ancient chair got destroyed. Yeah, so I had a couple questions. One is, do you think they were taking a dig at the network for canceling the series in the CSI episode when they're like, Sci- science fiction? I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe. Hey, what do you think was, like, where's Taylor's baby? And um, I was wondering that, too. She is not a very good mother, is she? Well, no, because that's a question, right? They, sometimes they act like they live on Atlantis, and sometimes they act like they live on some planet. So if they live on some planet, what was she like, later, I'm going to Earth. Bye. Yeah, yeah she, she was. She what? TTFN. Oh, TTFN. No, well, yeah, it, it's right, because they're, you know, Dr. or Mr. Woolsey's like, Taylor and Ronan, you can save the Pegasus Galaxy with your families and all the people that need and actually like you. And they're like, no, we're going to Earth. No, your baby's here and is dying. And unless you're there to nourish it, it will die a, like a horrible, painful death. 
No, I'll go to Earth. This is my fight. No, it's not really. We don't want you. No, I'll go. That's how. You know, maybe she figures now that Michael is dead that you know there's nothing really that can hurt her baby, so she can run off and and play soldier, and that's fine. That's true. And I'm going to point out that Taylor killing Michael is like the only time the Stargate team ever act like a military. <laughs> yeah. Because they're yep. usually like, oh, everyone on this team defied orders. But all's well that ends well. <laughs> you crazy Stargate team. <laughs> yeah, you know, or, or they have their mortal enemy at gunpoint and they're like, oh, well, we'll bring you to justice. You know, this one, you know, she's got Michael dead to rights and he's looking at her with that look like, please don't kill me. And she stomps on his hand and makes him fall to his death. I was he's like, not. Yeah, but that's kind of military. He may not be dead, though. Oh, he's dead. He's totally dead. Don't well, don't take this from Taylor. Besides, okay. she's hot. She is very hot. So when, when I went to Comic-Con, they did this uh, Atlantis panel. Apparently, they didn't know they were getting canceled yet because they said very emphatically that they hadn't decided to cancel the show. Uh, um, but they were asking all the characters, like, if you could play – or all the actors, if you could play another character, who would you play? And uh, the doctor said that uh, she'd want to be Taylor because Taylor's hot. So nice. that's pretty funny. The doctor, she's pretty hot too. Yeah, that that made it even funnier. Uh, actually, someone in the audience shouted out, "Like geeks are hot too!" And she, thanks, I think. Anyway, and move moving along. <laughs> okay, um, all right. So this is something I know you guys don't care about, but I have to say it, and and I have to give out an important alert to all of our fans. This is extremely important news. All right. So about a year ago, we left uh, Laura Roslin and. Bill Adama, you know, Admiral Adama and uh, Deanna and all the other Cylons, number six, standing on this planet that they thought was Earth in the show Battlestar Galactica. And the president's a Cylon? No. Uh, no, but th- no, like the Cylons and the humans like made friends to find oh. Earth because there's like some good Cylons and bad Cylons. So the good Cylons and the hu- – well, you know, re- relatively good. And the good Cylons and the humans – decided to go to Earth. And when they get there, it's basically a nuclear Holocaust-ridden wasteland. Like, the whole planet is destroyed. Not, like, blown up. Kind of like the Matrix? No. no, I mean like Planet of the Apes? Yes, like Planet of the Apes. Everything, it's, everything's in ruins. And they get there, and they're like, you know, like, welcome to Earth. And everybody's, like, super disappointed because they've just spent, you know, years trying to get to Earth. And now, and so you get there, and they find out they like the last scene of the last episode was them panning across just showing that the world is basically destroyed. And all I can say is now what, you know, what, what's, what's going to happen. Th- this is like possibly the best science fiction like that is on TV. I, I swear it's awesome. And if they will ever end it, we'll watch it from beginning oh, to end. Yeah. It's, it's got about a few more months and it's, it's over. They really For take real? this. Yeah. Like you, you're not sh- going to come up with a half season. This is the last half. This is actually the last half of season four. Okay. So, so I was really interested in this show, but I didn't get interested till like season two. Yeah, like end of season two, and by then they'd already announced that they were only doing four seasons. So I decided I was going to hold out until I can watch it all in like one, probably not one marathon, but you know, get going and yeah. watch it in a few days of like eight episodes a day. But little did you know they would show out for two years this last right. season. Yeah, little did you know they would show one episode a year for like <laughs> eighty years. <laughs> That's pretty much. How, yeah, because I remember when like season- another show that we're not going to name that involves plastic surgeons and sex. Anyway, and Julian McMahon. I guess we shouldn't name that. Um, 
that sounds too racy for this podcast. Okay, so all right, but here's the important announcement to everybody who watches Battlestar Galactica. Sci-Fi has announced that it's going to run three and a half minutes long. So if you're going to DVR it, DVR the show after it too. Oh, that's a good one. I hate that. Yeah, I do too. Idea. Lost does that all the time because they're stupid. Well, it, it, however, Sci-Fi Network will show the final three and a half minutes the next day. Uh, or actually, it will, the final three and a half minutes will go up as soon as the show is over Pacific time. So it's like two a.m. Eastern and you know whatever eleven Pacific. So if you guys miss it, you can. But otherwise, if you're on the East Coast, you're gonna have to wait till two in the morning, uh, and then it'll be up like the next day or whatever, or next week in Hulu. So you could be able to watch it anyway. But okay, if you so have the AT and T UVerse DVR. It'll probably be smart enough to tape it anyway because. That's like the best DVR ever, as far as like not starting things too late, not ending too early. I would not trust it. I would tape the show after it too. But well, I mean, but I guess it doesn't matter because actually, the I know at least the UVerse DVR, you can actually say tape this episode five minutes long. Oh, you can. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it has four tuners, so like you never, I, you'd have to be taping dozens of shows to have conflicts and stuff. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so the next show, Lori, you only get one and a half minutes to talk about this because we're going to devote a long time for you to talk about this later. But what what else is coming next? I'm so excited. Lost is starting on January 21st. And, you know, they make you wait until the winter time to start it now. But that's okay because Lost is awesome. With the abbreviated season last year, because of the writer's strike, everything moved along really fast. We know who the Oceanic Six was. We know kind of what happened to them. There's still a lot of unanswered questions. And it's just like a boatload of awesomeness. And I can't wait for it to come back on. I'm thinking about starting going through my DVDs again and watching every single episode before it starts. Because I'm just such a freak. Love that show. Did Craig ever give us our... Yes, I did. Yeah, I had to go to Maine to get them, though. Thank you very much. (laughs) But you have them, right? I do. So, where did the last one, last episode leave off? Let's see. A boatload of awesomeness? You mean an exploding boatload of awesomeness? Exactly. And we know that at some point in the future, Jack attends Locke's wake? Yes. Yes. And he's never looked as good. Who, Jack or Locke? Locke. Dead. Now, but, but we didn't actually see Locke die, did we? No, but we saw his dead body. Yay. You don't like him? I like him, but he annoys me, so I'm happy to see him die. Oh. Kind of like how I felt about the Hobbit guy. Yeah. Who, Charlie. Oh, uh, <laughs> Charlie, yeah. You know who I wish would die? Jack. You know who yeah. I wish would die? Me. Craig. Yes. No, I, I, if, I, if, if the next episode was the last episode of Lost and it was just Jack walking out onto the stage and getting shot through the head and dropping dead and it would be like, the end, I would be like, that was a wonderful resolution. Really? You hate Jack that much? I do. He cries more than Jodie Foster in Contact. That's all Does I he cry Aww. more than Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3? That's not even possible. <laughs> like, I actually think the subtitle for Spider-Man 3 was, Can Peter Parker Cry a Little More, Please? <laughs> this, no, no, no. Well, let's just say that Lost actually takes place in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> <laughs> It's just that Jack landed and pretty much started crying, and those are his tears. <laughs> <laughs> and that polar bear just wants him to shut up. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. The smoke monster. It's like trying to give him a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, I think, I mean, it left us on a big cliffhanger. We found a little bunch of things like where's the island. But I guess the question is, when is the island? <gasps> um, you know, what's going on with Desmond and in the Oceanic Six and how are they going to get back? No, and- Desmond's off the show. Please tell me Desmond's gone. Oh, no, no, he's not. <sighs> All right. They what about Mr. Echo? Number. When are we going to see Mr. So- Echo again? <laughs> he got a DUI. He can't ever come back. Oh, really? Know. They didn't kick Jin off the show. Oh, whoops. Oh, is he dead? We don't know. He's listed as being in the show, though, isn't he? Like, he's yeah. listed as an actor, although that could be. Uh-huh. Um, so what's interesting for me is, did J.J. Abrams actually know where the show is going? Because, like, I'm, I think by now they do. But did, did they really plan the story the way they've gone? Because there's not... If you look at season one and season three... Was it three or four that just ended? Four? Four. Four. So if you look from season one to season four, there's not a lot of plot continuity going on, right? It's like they did the alias thing, and they're like, and now that we're halfway through, we're going to start a new plot because we finally wrote one. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's working well. It's a, it's a pretty fantastic show. Yeah, they found they found their voice again. They did. Woo-hoo. All right, no, we can't talk about Lost anymore because we don't want to use it all up. Because okay. we're go- we're gonna play like forty minutes of the spoiler alert bumper when we do the other one, just so Lori can let it all out. Yes. So, so stay tuned for a very special episode that's all about Lost. Yes, definitely stay tuned. Um, so I, I want to tell you guys about another show that I'm watching. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's just I got the DVDs, and I just figured while we're talking about sci-fi, I just wanted to bring it up. It's called The 4400. Have you ever heard of it? I watched a couple episodes, but not enough to really know what's going on. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a uh, uh, like almost like here. It's it's like a combination of heroes and lost, where it's like mysterious. You don't know what's going on, but people have superpowers. So I, I just that was I, sanctuary. I, I didn't watch that because Amanda Tapping either dyed her hair or didn't dye her hair. I'm not sure which, but however it is, I didn't She'll like her. She'll always be blonde to me. That's right. So I just wanted to say that, that that's like a new show I'm watching, and I'll be like I'll be gushing about that later, I'm sure. But Oh, and to back up, Amanda Tapping had a cameo on the Atlantis finale, but MacGyver didn't. She did have a ca- – huh? What's up with that? I don't know. She did have a cameo, and it looks like she got an infusion of personality, and so it wasn't just a cardboard cutout of her. <laughs> well, yeah, they didn't write her as weir. Yeah, exactly. Well, they didn't write her as like weir, like on <laughs> severe depressants. Um. So anyway, so, all right. So the last a lot, of, lot of TV coming up because like the spring, it's the spring session. Yeah. Woo-hoo. All right. So finally, for the last thing that we're going to talk about today is that we have a uh, – we're going to do a new show – not a new show, like another show down the road, and we want it to be completely dictated by our listeners. Wow. That's a really frightening thing. I can only imagine what our listeners are going to ask for. Yeah. So if you email us at tg at tweakinggeek.com, call or, us – oh, you want to say that? No, or call and then go ahead and give at, the phone number. Six seven eight nine 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 six three two one. That's awesome! I swear you guys practice that. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, it because it, it's our presentation. We practiced beforehand. That's or right. Or come, 
come post on our Facebook group wall or come post on our blog at tweakinggeek.com. Yeah, or call us on the phone or whatever. You know, if if you know us personally, you want to call us on the phone. However, you want to give us ideas for Tweaking Geek. Uh, so for uh, episode number 22, we'll be completely dedicated to our users and we'll only talk about stuff you want to hear about. So, and, you know, make it, make it interesting because if it sucks, you're going to get a monotone. Yes, like, exactly. Welcome to Tweaking Geek number 22, where we're going to discuss kumquats. And the show notes would be um, yellow text on a blue background. <laughs> Can we talk about hemorrhoids, too? That's always a good one. God, Craig. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Hey, after the clap, we can talk about anything. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I think that's pretty much all we want to say. You guys have any shout-outs? Uh, thanks for having me again, guys. It's fun. You're welcome. I mean... I'm going to shout out to Lori for being on again. And we can like convince people that we actually talk to girls. <laughs> That's right. I'd like to shout out to everybody but Lori for listening to Lori. What? I don't know. <laughs> I was, that was like the compliment of Pat's shout out. Pat has okay. called out, shouted out to Lori. I shouted out to Lori Barr. Okay. Well, that definitely settles it. You're the geek. <laughs> for this week. Well... <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye. Pat, are you going to say goodbye? I already said goodbye. He doesn't care about the little people. Are you taking any classes this summer? (laughs) No. Are you (laughs) taking any classes this summer? (laughs) Speaking of transparencies. <laughs> transparencies. I'm, I'm sure that was really funny if I knew who you were making fun of. Chinese well, people. <laughs> well, a particular we, Chinese people. We had a TA who used to use transparencies, and he never knew which way was right, so we just keep on flipping it until we told him to stop. It was more because I don't think he could read English, and he didn't know if the lettering was upside yeah, down. Yeah, he had, he had no idea what the letter E looks like normally, so right there you go. So, right. something clever. I think the E.T. fallout correlates to smag EKC bath life. Craig, prove me wrong. <laughs>